0: 7. Oh, wait. This is episode 7. Oh, how very profound. On Star Wars day, uh, the theatric release of episode 7. Yeah, there we go. we couldn't have timed that better if we tried. We no, just, because we didn't. We, we didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just now realized when you said 7 I was like ooh, that gave me goosebumps. So so our, our podcast is destined to be successful now. We we have we have hit all the correct steps. Obviously, the Force is with us tonight. Yes. Uh, by the way, for those of you that may be new, I'm Ed. And I am Levi. Be aware, this is a spoiler podcast. And just so you're 100% sure that you've got the right show, we are a Marvel, DC, Star Wars comic book fan podcast. And for clarification, we are a spoiler show for the comics. Not the movies, so don't think that if you're not going to see the movie that's coming out tonight, tomorrow, that you're going to have to wait to listen to us until you go see the movie. No. That's not the case. No, no. Every now and then, if something really ties in with one of the first six uh, movies, we'll just say the connection. hmm But, you know, we're definitely not out to... Tell you that Boba Fett dies, or that all the Ewoks are blasted, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, so. they uh, the, all the all the Ewoks were actually given um, blankets by the rebels, and they all died. Yes, yes, because they had uh, uh, walk box Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yep. Uh, and actually, keep Ewok in in the forefront of your mind because I'll come back to it in just a couple minutes. <laughs> but tonight we are talking about the miniseries. For the Star Wars universe, and perhaps of all time, with the longest title that I am familiar with. Yeah, no kidding. Now, this is the official title. Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Star Wars, Shattered Empire. Yep. It's four issues, fortunately, because it took like 15 minutes just to read the title. Yeah, no kidding. We're we're already into the show quite a bit. (laughs) Um. And that's the show. Yeah, there we go. So if you want to send feedback, you can send. <laughs> I was um, kind of disappointed um, that for issues two and three, they decided that they needed extra art help. There was nothing really in the story that, there, you know, there were no flashbacks, flash forward, history lessons, or anything that, you know, a, a different artist would really uh, help bring out. So the only thing I can figure is that the first artist was too slow maybe they were sick on those days sick, perhaps he he or she Marco uh, is I, I guess his name um, did all of one and four but required assistance on two and three uh, all four issues were written by Greg Rucca and I really enjoyed his take on the this um, Portion this uh, this time segment, I guess, of the Star Wars Empire Mm -hmm. quite a bit. I hope he comes back. Uh, I would particularly like him to write in this particular era again, but if not, I hope he comes back just to write for Star Wars again, Mm because he did, I thought, a really good job. Greg Rucka, did he do the Leia series also? I don't know. Hold on. Let me check real quick. Um, And that's funny, because if you weren't going to bring that up, I was. Yeah, let me... Let me see. Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm not sure why. And there's Vader. Yeah, there's Vader. Come on. So, Open no. up. Just back farther. Hang with us here, guys. I should have looked this up, but the thought didn't occur to me. No, it was Mark Wade. Okay. Oh, okay. Mark Wade, who did the. Yeah, Leia. Wade, Dawson, Dawson, and Belair Which I w- I would like Mark Wade to try again because I think he can do better than. Uh, unfortunately, he did with Leia, but I don't I'm know. Not sure. Maybe not. Uh, whichever. Um, Okay, the artists on Shattered Empire, and that's what I'm going to call this. I'm going (laughs) to abbreviate it to just Shattered Empire. That works. Marco Chichero, C-H-E-C-C-H-E-T-T-O, Chichero, Chichero, I guess. Uh, Angel Angel, Angel, I guess would be Anzueta, U-N-Z-U-E-T-A. Emilio Lazio. And then on colors was Andre Mosa, and letters was Joe Carameña. I'm sitting here, and you guys can't see this, Levi. Fortunately, you can't see it either. But mm. Terry is chuckling just all over the place at my profound trippage in trying to pr- pronounce un-American, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant names. Right. You you are gringoing it up over uh, there. Oh, I, I am. I am. mentioned Kirby, don't it? Kirby. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Jack Kirby. Stanley. Yeah, Lee. yeah. <laughs> You know these guys that change their names to make it easier for us white folk to pronounce. <laughs> you know they're helping us out here, but uh, yeah. So uh, it goes without saying that if I did mangle those, uh, particularly the last names, I certainly apologize. I it was on purpose. I I do the best I can with with what experience I do have. So <laughs> there there we go. Hopefully I got some. Greg Rucca. I'm I'm 99 sure that was right. I think you got the Greg right, um, Joe. Caramania. See, I'm not even sure if it's Cara and, and See, I, yeah. so Okay. Um, favorite cover, Levi. What was your favorite cover of this series? Well, we only had four to choose from in the entire series, whereas before when we broke it up, it was usually five or six right. and then five. Um, I liked them all, yes. Okay because they all were very... Well, no, that's not true. I liked them all. Three out of the four were very dynamic, and with uh, the introduction of a new character, which was on three out of the four as well, it gave you... It was new. It was exciting. It was different, so I really dug that. Um, But my favorite is going to have to be issue one because it's got all the old... uh, Characters that you know you, you knew and you loved in the original series, right there on the cover. It's got Chewie, it's got Han, it's got Leia, it's got Luke, it's got Lando, looking happy as hell, and I think he's clapping. Either that or he's saying how big of a piece of Ewok bread he wants. Yes, yes, he's um, yeah, he's. Uh, and then there's R two D two, C three P O, and there are three Ewoks in there. At the Ewok village, and there are the fireworks in the background in the sky, and, you know, it was just one of those, oh, you know. Yep, yep. I feel you. However, my favorite cover was issue four. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got Luke, a rather um, able-looking Luke. Yeah, uh, he doesn't look like the swamp rat shooting farm boy uh, that we first met in the first move. Or uh, well, yeah, in the uh, fourth movie. No, first, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I don't care what the numbers say. Um, you know, th- this is looking like a more capable Jedi, Luke Skywalker. I thought, mm-hmm. uh, and a, a new character that I'll go ahead and, and throw her name out because actually she turns out. Even though they really introduced two um, pretty pivotal characters, one definitely carries much more weight in the story than the other, mm-hmm. uh, and that is Lieutenant Shara Bey, I guess is how you pronounce it. Somebody is sitting in a theater right now learning how to pronounce it, but I believe that's how it's pronounced, and they they are fighting together, uh, Lieutenant Bey and Luke. There's some stormtroopers, uh, some... Armored transports in the background The short ones, not the long ones And uh, Very, very exciting looking cover I thought, I I enjoyed this cover Mm -hmm. Now I do have a runner up For Favorite cover And that would be an alternate cover And I've tried to stay away from alternate covers Because there's no guarantee that everyone will, will see them But there's an alternate cover For issue one That is a uh, movie still picture.
1: And it, oh, yeah. It is of an
0: Ewok. And I, I, I have always liked the concept and the settings for the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like just a straight-up photograph. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, Ewok standing, got a little headdress on and holding a spear. Um, I'm sure somebody out there somewhere knows the name of this one. I have no idea. Wait, but, what, was uh, the, what was the name of the most popular? I, I don't know. Do you remember? No, not, not even remotely. Oh, okay. But um, just I, – I, I really do like uh, the setting and particularly their village in the tree and all that. I just – I thought the Ewoks were a really, really good addition. Now, I kind of – what is – Wicket? Wicked. Yes, that's Wicked it. Was Wicked. most popular. Yep. Um, I, I, I wish that perhaps the Ewoks had uh, been acted a little bit differently, uh, rather than the you know cute teddy bearish that they played on a more feral animal kind of race. I don't think would they have would have been nearly as popular. My preference. Well, perhaps not. But that's so. So yeah, that, that's my runner-up. The the Ewok. Variant, And that is a good place to lead into actually where this story starts for us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we open, as we're following the uh, one of the rebel fighter elements, uh, focusing much on Lieutenant Shara Bey and her green squad, during the battle for the second Death Star. The Battle of Endor. Right, uh, Yavin, Endor, gotta lower the shields to the dro- to destroy the Death Star. Mm-hmm. That, that whole scene, if if you guys remember. So, um, we, we then you know we, we start broadly following this battle, and then we we narrow our focus and we start following more particularly uh, Lieutenant Bay throughout the mission. Uh, The mission's over, and we see that she is kind of beside herself to find out information about another rebel, Sergeant Kess Dameron. Uh, She – as with the – which is interesting considering the tech involved, but apparently this battle is so massive and so many different fronts, all all reports of deaths and casualties and and even where people might have ended up have not come in. Mm Mm-hmm. So she is concerned. She's looking for word about where Kess is. Did he even make it? So she's running around in the during the uh, the celebration scene. If you remember the celebration scene, that's what was in my mind with the Ewok party and the multi-tier houses, and like right, I yeah. said, the fireworks going off in the background and all that. Um, there on the the forest moon of Endor, she is running around asking. Uh, have you seen this person? Have you seen this this uh, troop, this squad? So finally, um, she does manage to find out that Kess uh, did survive. Now, it's my understanding that the characters Bay and Kess Dameron have a direct bearing on the movie that is premiering tonight. Mm. That's one of the reasons why... This story was told Mm -hmm. Was to try to tie the old um, Which Is where a lot of the comic books Are right now Mm -hmm. Into the new The new being this most recent movie Mm -hmm. So without Giving spoilers away Because I'm not 100% Sure myself I I believe I know the connection Um, Bay and Kess Dameron uh, Those are names to keep in mind When you go see the movie or this is the connection for those of you that have seen the movie if you then turn around and listen to our show. So, uh, after the night of rebel-making on the forest moon of Endor, uh, the survivors, particularly Kes Dameron, are and, given a... And his howling commandos. Oh, wait. Kes Dameron and his howling Right. Wrong. Sorry. Never mind. That's, that's totally wrong. This is World War Star Wars. Yes. Star Wars 2. No. But no that wouldn't work I, that, I, that went through my head but I'm like no that doesn't make sense oh and uh, you know what? they don't what? they don't give a last name for a certain character in episode 7 um, when you search uh huh. so you can't even see if the last name meets up with anything that is in this well search. but later on when they give the first name of the child the first name is a name Oh, is I completely? Yeah, I, I just forget what last name they use. <clears throat> okay. Um, I have it written somewhere. It must be later on in the notes what the what the child's name is. Okay. D- D- okay. Uh, I'll I'll throw it out here when I get to it. Okay. I have it written down. Um. Okay. And and so the mission, um, which is primarily given to Kess and his squad, but. For the mission, they are in need of a pilot, and that's where Shara Bay comes in also onto the mission. There has been information that a uh, an entrenched contingent of Empire troops still remain on Endor, mm-hmm. and it, it, it would cause some bad blood if they left them and let the Ewoks have to contend with them. Yeah, because most likely the Ewoks would be slaughtered because, I mean, yeah. as we all know, they're Ewoks. Right. Yeah. So uh, they they decide to undertake this mission to to clear out this nest before before it seems um, they leave the planet again. Um, I I think that this is still in the midst where this is the rebel base, uh, planetary base. And so, after this mission... No, Endor was never um, a rebel base. It was Yavin, which is a a completely different... Oh, it's uh, Yavin. Okay. Yeah, Yavin was a moon, Endor's a planet, one. And two, it's completely different systems. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, there we go. Star Wars faux pas. Sue me. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see what my notes here say. Oh, okay. When they... uh, At the the end of this last mission, uh, they find out from the base that the Empire has plans that they have put into effect Mm -hmm. despite the fact that both the – well, the three biggies of the Empire, Palpatine, Darth Vader, and the Death Star are all taken off the board. Things are still moving that the rebels need to squash if they are to um, overcome the Empire. Right. I mean, if, if you think about it <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, if, if you have a, a grand war on a, a large front um, and in one finite area you have, say, the Grand Commander and his lieutenant killed, at that exact moment – the rest of the army is not going to know about it. So they're just going to continue to fight. And they're going to continue to fight even when there is word from, say, the opposition, oh, didn't you guys hear, we killed your supreme commander, lay down your guns. They're going to be like, okay, because we were born yesterday, you know. Right, right. yeah, they haven't gotten word, so. Yep. So, and and, you know. It was even mentioned in one of the issues. It's like, you know, that's just rebel propaganda. Right, right, yeah. So, Actually, I think this, uh, this next issue, issue two, mm-hmm. uh, somebody says that, yeah. Yeah, I think issue two is when the, uh, the uh, order is given that you were just talking about Yeah. That yeah. The, the remnants. But, well, it's not really remnants. It would be basically the rest of the imp- empirical army. Yeah, short of whatever was destroyed, for the most part, here at uh, Endor. Yep, and well, everyone else is pri- is primarily not affected by that. So. Yeah, so you know you've got you've got that still going on, and and that's what and this is what I liked about this issue is that that's what they're dealing with. It's like you know, yeah, Palpatine's dead, Vader's dead, the Death Star's gone, but just like in a, a normal war, you're going to have mop up. So so does that mean that the empire if you cut off one head to grow back? Mm, uh, do you, uh, no. Do you recognize that? Mm, no. Yes, Ter- Terry just said it. She stuck up her hand and said "Hail Hydra." Oh, okay. That's that's a that's a hydra comment. Okay. C- cut off cut off one head and two grow back. Uh, okay. Issue 2 we start out on the Star Destroyer yeah. Torment. Um, we're Which- introduced I loved the name. I was like, that'll strike fear in the hearts of whomever you go and visit. No, no doubt. We, we show that the Torment has just come into the system. Yeah. I, <laughs> identify yourself, unknown Empire Vessel. We are the Torment. Whoa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> may, may I offer you my seat? <sighs> um, Something I do want to say about uh, the, the way that the series is written, I really like... The more militaristic aspect of a lot of this setup and settings and um, verbiage that the soldiers use during times of battle, both mm-hmm. fighter scenes and ground troop. I, I like that it's treated m- much more the way that things would go with those types of individuals communicating during war. Right, and instead of how it felt in the first set of movies – with and just military. people talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like that frequently when they change a setting, they give you the specific, um, you know, planet, location on planet, city oh. on planet, um, rendezvous point, and then they name it and they tell you the ship that they're on. I, I like the precision with which they give locations in this miniseries as well. Right. It was like you were being updated. Right, right. So this was, you know, up to the minute, like, okay, now we switch scenes, first panel, left side, we have, you know, the Star Destroyer Torment, outer rim. Rendezvous point victim. Oh yeah, good good rendezvous point for the for the Torment. <laughs> exactly. Have the Torment rendezvous at point victim. Okay, the Captain uh DuVot of the Torment we see is uh, receiving a messenger directly from Emperor Palpatine. Now, we're already aware that Palpatine is dead. Yes, they did make that known in the first issue. So, interestingly enough, this messenger says he's directly from the Emperor and um, looks strikingly similar to the Imperial Royal Guard or the Red Guard, depending on which side of the conflict you're referencing them, and um, yep i I, know, I I noticed I made note of the same thing. I was like, "Hmm, red." That means that they are the highest form of messenger because of the similarity similarity between them and the imperial guards. The way right. they dress, and so I was like, "This means that only the toppest of the toppest messages." are sent by these guys, and they're probably as well-trained or just under as the Imperial Guards. Possibly, I would venture to say, possibly even the same race. Uh, All all of which is shown by the deference that the crew of the Star Destroyer gives this one lone messenger. Yep. They're by themselves, but yet they strike just as much fear as any, you know, duo or contingent of the Imperial Royal Guard do. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was only one other person in the series that could do that with their one lone presence, other, of course, than Palpatine, and that was Vader. Right, right. Um, the message is was such, I guess because it was from the Emperor himself, that the Captain had the bridge cleared in order to take the message. Yeah, because it was for his ears only, so... So no one else was able to hear it. Um, He then, you know, acted however he chose to on the material that was given to him by the messenger. Mm -hmm. So we then cut to Stardic 4, Kawa City, in particular, and we see that Lieutenant Bay... And Green Squadron are again at it as the rebels are trying to clear out uh, another nest, shall we say, or uh, trying to free yet another city from Imperial control. Mm -hmm. After the mission, we are introduced to Lulo, who was a Green Squadron member but is now leader because – Green squad run uh, green squad one was killed um, he is a species that I remember seeing in the original trilogy but I can't place where um, I think maybe it was in the scene in the uh, cantina where Guido and Han where that scene was okay. And I believe I recognize the race from there. It's a a reptilian race with a a very indistinct nose, if he had a nose at all. Um, Very long, drawn-out face, which um, later on in the series, uh, Lieutenant Bay makes fun of. And he takes it in stride like it's nothing. As a matter of fact, he's considered good-looking by his people. Yeah, actually, that's... That's right here. He's. Uh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, you're, you're talking about what they're doing right here. Um, he's like, for a pilot. He is saying this to, to her. He's, uh, he's like, for a pilot who just helped liberate Kama City, that's a mighty long face. And she's like, this coming from a Duros, which is, you know, what his race is, which is a long faced, like Ed was describing, uh, race. Little, little levity. Actually, that's the first time really so far that something just has been humorously done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty serious and straightforward up until this point. So it was kind of a good point to in, inject a little bit of humor, uh, particularly by the Rebels who you know, just a little while ago, and that's something else, they update time frame as the series goes by. Yeah, they do. How long it's been since the destruction of the second Death Star. And mm-hmm. um, the rebels are starting to feel the fact that they they let down because they thought that the war was over with the Death Star, but they have found these other issues that they they must see to, and so now they're starting to wear down with the thoughts of will this ever end? Now you know it was supposed to end with the Death Star, but now it just keeps going and going and going like the energizer star wars or something right like that. it's you know it's it's just it seems hopeless because there's just there's so much out there this is an entire universe e- empire empire it's, you know that they're trying to tackle you know i'd be like um you know genghis khan trying to eradicate the entire roman empire at the mm-hmm. time and yep. having to go from city to city to city to city so and and having honestly to to do it if he wanted to have any success on multiple fronts yeah, yeah, really. All right, so uh, we see that uh, Bay, uh, once again, is concerned about her uh, – um, I'll go ahead and say it. I- I'm not sure exactly when we find out, but her husband. mm mm-hmm. uh, That's what Sergeant Dameron is. They're-, they're married. They were married before they got involved with the rebellion. So they, they have this it- – it's been a relationship that they've had throughout. hmm um, he is part, Sergeant Dameron, is part of the Pathfinder squad, who is led by General Solo. Yes, so that's Solo. Yes, uh, and their squad is kind of a uh, uh, like a black ops, so they go out, no radio contact, and then they just show up back. Yeah, no radio so they contact. Hidden. They, they call Ryden Solo. Um, here is the son's name. His name is Poe. Oh, okay. That is not the name of the character I was thinking about. Okay. Okay. Um, so she, she's also concerned about the fact that uh, they haven't seen their son who is with Damron's father. Oh, is it Damron's? Okay. I thought it was her. Yeah. The, the, the pater, right? Paternal is, is male? Yes. Yeah. He's with the paternal grandfather, uh, the, the, the child's paternal grandfather. So, hmm. right? Wouldn't that make it Damron's dad? Yeah yeah okay uh, on another planet somewhere and, and we're never really told where that is or it, the the child is I- intended to show that they are a family and, and that's really all that the child is used for throughout the series yeah it, it doesn't come up nobody kidnaps the child and holds them for ransom until they can get you know nothing like that so um we've seen next that Princess Leia has been chosen by the Rebellion for a mission to Naboo. And Bay, Lieutenant Bay, has been chosen to be her pilot. uh, And I have pilot in in quotes. uh, Pilot, but I I imagine also truly a bodyguard because Uh, Bay Bay is military. Uh, Princess Leia is not. So Mm -hmm. she well, theoretically is not. (laughs) Read her miniseries. Oh, don't. I thought this was a much better representation of Leia. Oh, my God. So did I. Had had this writer written the Leia series, it might have yeah. actually been interesting. Yeah, I, I think it would have come off better. And just seriously, this little bit of what happened with Leia was more interesting, more thrilling, more captivating than the entire miniseries that was dedicated to her. True. I'll agree with that, and that's that's sad. Well, different, you know, different characterizations. Different creators have different ideas. So, one, one, we can just point to two and say, well, they had a better idea than they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to finish up this issue, while Leia and Bay are on Naboo, there is an attack on the planet by one of the. Well, I mean, I I guess it's fair to say one of the remnants, uh, a star destroyer. Yeah, it'd probably be easier just to say that. uh, uh, Starts attacking the planet as one of the initial sorties in what is called Operation Cinder. Which was the command that was uh, given by the emperor that was the message from the messenger to this captain to initiate Operation Cinder. Very reminiscent of the command Mm -hmm. that was given for the clone troopers to turn. Yep. Um, Everybody already knew what they had to do. They just couldn't do it until the word was given. Right. And then all these different parts of the Empire went out on all these separate strategic missions. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't really know, and I I think we never really find out what the... um, end point of the missions were someone in in this story supposes yeah that it was the protection of uh, information and assets and yeah, yeah yeah but but from the Empire side we never hear uh, what the point was we just know that these things are occurring occurring concurrently yeah uh, we may only be seeing one or two but there are multiple happening at, at you know approximately the same time throughout the at the Empire, makes you wonder how many of those messengers he had. Uh, I yeah, I, I would think high dozens to hundreds to really be able to mount anything effective, right? You know, almost perhaps as many as there were star destroyers at this time. Which who knows? I mean, that's the that's the aircraft carrier of the Empire, basically. Right. So who knows how many there were? All right, moving on to issue three. We uh, catch up finally with Sergeant Kess Dameron Uh, First time really that the story has focused on him in any significant, meaningful way Uh, We see him and uh, his compatriots in the Pathfinders They're on a black mission to infiltrate an imperial black site on the Wrath of Tehran I guess that's the name of the planet or planetoid or whatever it is um, when when we see them, it doesn't necessarily look like it's the most hospitable place to build a, a base, or a, a whatever this turns out to be. That's a wretch, dude. A wretch? The Wretch of Tehran. Oh, Wretch of Tehran. I'm sorry, not Wrath. That, that's even Otter. Yes, sorry. No, I'd, I'd say probably the this planet, or rock, or moon, or whatever was named for, you know, like a god, because the, uh, like you said, it looks... Incredibly inhospitable, and so, you know, it, it was probably one of those, oh, my God, it's like the wretch of Tehran, you know, some lowly thing, and so that's that's what I'm figuring. Um, so after we see, after we, we catch up with the Pathfinders as they attempt to infiltrate this site, we cut back to Naboo. And we see that uh, the attack by the Imperials has led to uh, a catastrophic overload of the meteorology of the planet. Uh, Basically, things have been set in motion to where the planet is going to weather itself to death. Mm -hmm. Massive storms, uh, out of control, tides and rain, you know, just Massive lightning, high, huge voltage lightning strikes that like mm-hmm. manage to destroy buildings. They're so huge, and and so um, we we saw the Imperials do something. Um, we find out more specifically here what they did uh, in this issue. They um, subverted satellites that Nabu already had in orbit to help control the weather, mm. and. Caused they caused those satellites to turn the weather harsh, and so satellite after satellite after satellite did this, causing the systems to magnify on Naboo until they just went out of control and started trashing everything. Yep. So we have Leia and Bay and Queen Soruna, who is the sitting uh, monarch, I guess it would be. Yeah. Because it's only a queen, so. right? Um, as as they get together to see what they can do to somehow fight back. At this point in Naboo's history, they have been demilitarized by the Empire, so they really don't have much. Uh, But Saruna remembers something that may be helpful. Um, Turns out that she does have some uh, merchandise, some equipment that these ladies and the queen herself, who feels that she can't have someone do something if she's not willing to do it herself. See, now, I, I, that really made me like this queen, and what she said just it made me admire her. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. At this point in the story... I'm really, really wrapped up and really enjoying these things. I'm, I'm being surprised. I'm being caught off guard. It, it has a very cinematic feel to me right now. Yeah, it does. I, I was really liking it. But um, she, <clears throat> excuse me. She says that she had basically been, been trained before her coronation in, in you know, what was it? She said specifically. Oh, combat. Um, okay, combat certified. Yes. The yeah. So go. Ear- the year before I was elected. And of course she has, you know, her, uh, I guess general, um, that, you know, is with her just like Padme had with the hat and the, the back covering scarf thing. And right. he's like, you know, um, you know, I, I have to, on the, on the, the strongest possible terms, I must object. And, and she's like, Captain Coro your objection is noted. And this is what made me admire her. But, I would no sooner – I know what he's doing, but I was like, dude, your handmaidens go. And she's like, but I would no sooner ask one of them to sacrifice what I am unwilling to sacrifice myself. And that that's one of those slow clap moments, honestly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it, that, that's when you just – you stand up and you slow clap, and you're like – go girl um, I like Leia too rather than just letting others figure out how to defend them as well as others Leia very proactively says you know ask the queen is there anything you can do can you help us help your people right and so they all they all get swept up in this uh, counter attack on whatever they don't know specifically what the Empire has done, but they just know they need to do something. There's a Star Destroyer out there, and our weather's going crazy, so there must be a connection. Now, their their communications were being blocked. Did they know at this point that there was a Star Destroyer? Because I remember Leia and Bay having a small conversation about, well, it must be this, and it must be this, and that's why the weather is like this, and, well, we've got to do something. So I think – I don't I don't think that they knew exactly what they were up against at the time that all of these people are like, we're going to go and do something. Which, okay, I thought word had gotten to them that a Star Destroyer had entered the system. Mm, okay, I don't remember it's, that. Sorry. So. It's the Imperials. It's an imperial remnant. It's got to be princess. Uh, So they don't know for sure, right? Uh, She was. She was supposed. Yeah, but Bay, who has been doing nothing but fighting imperials Mm -hmm. at this point, uh, feels. Let's see. Her captain of the guard. uh, An attack of some kind from orbit. That's all we can conclude, Your Highness. Right. So. They, they kind of know why, but they don't know specifically why. Yeah, it's, it's got to be Imperials, but to what extent, how much power is out there, what exactly is waiting for them, they right. don't know. And so right. this this queen who has known nothing but luxury since coronation is like, I don't know what I'm going up against, but I'm going to go out there with you all and fight it. Yeah, I'm here. Take, take McQueen stuff. hmm <laughs> That way you have it. You can pass it on to the next one, you know, if I, if I don't come back. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we cut to back to Solo's team, and we uh, find that they infiltrate, um, take care of, you know, all the Imperials there. They get to the, the data that the base contains, and they find out about this Operation Cinder. Yep. And most importantly, since Solo is there, that one of the attacks that are planned is directly at Naboo. Mm-hmm. And he's aware that Princess Leia is on a mission to, from there, whatever. She could very well be there. Mm-hmm. Um, cut back to Leia and Bay and Queen Saruna. We see them counterattacking, um, holding their ground just barely, but then they just start losing ground, because basically it's the three of them against a, I think it's just a Star Destroyer, but the complement of other things that a Star Destroyer has with it. Well, yeah, it it holds uh, at least, who knows how many squadron of of TIE Fighters, and so you know, that's what the, the Star Destroyer has launched, is its initial, of course, uh, whatever, however many, uh, TIE fighters um, against these three ships that are basically shooting down the satellites that are screwing up the weather. And, and I've always thought that those Naboo ships look kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt. The Katsayers, uh, I, I, were they? Yeah, I, I like the way they're, they're set up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they find out that they, they realize that the Imperials are jacking around with their weather satellites. So they're trying to pick off the weather satellites to stop that while they're trying to keep any Imperial backlash off their backs as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since there's only three against however many, ultimately it's a losing battle. And and just as, well, you know, I don't know what else they can do, the cavalry arrives and not uh, what's-her-face from S.H.I.E.L.D. This is like the real cavalry. Mm, Okay. Um, And... uh, this uh, brings something to mind that I, I wanted to say earlier, and I forgot until just now. On In, in the scene where they're attacking the next Imperial place at uh, Kawa City, mm-hmm. one of the ships they used to land troops was the exact same ship that they used in clone trooper scenes out of the movie to land clone troopers. Oh, okay. I thought that was a really cool connection. That, you know, that they made it a point to look that up mm-hmm. to draw that to make that connection with what the the rebels had available as far as mechanics. Yeah, they got they got old equipment, so that that happens to be one of them. Oh, and we've seen that several times in several of the series. The the uh, roly droids with the uh, protective force fields mm-hmm. that that were on was that on. Uh, Oh, they were at a couple different places, but they were uh, uh, Palpatine's battle, ship. Yeah, they were battle battle droids. Battle droids, yeah. So, um, and there is a reference in here uh, when they're talking about what's happening on Naboo. They make a reference to the Gungans. Yes, it's also happening to them. Yep. So all, all of these little things that that have come up in the movies, they're pulling in and and making more and more direct tie-ins with. What and where the comic books are With what we already know From the previous six movies mm. So that's, that's kind of cool Because you could easily Just not do that Just write your story and just have it a story Exactly but Somebody somewhere is doing enough research To make these you know, 15 or 20 connections Between each story And uh or multiple movies And it just It's cool because it integrates the universe In my mind that much more exactly it, it, it connects it connects the mm, ages okay yeah 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 which is hard enough to keep up with because you have three movies and then you have three prequels and mm-hmm. then you have this movie tonight which mm-hmm. is what 30 years after the battle that we see at the beginning of this issue I think I read it would it would yeah depend on when this one tonight is supposed Supposed to be taking place i i don't know i i think that's what it, the, the the child that is referenced is close to 30 years old um okay so that's 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 the approximately uh, approximately wow that's the approximate year change i think from i guess what is six and uh, at least where seven starts yeah a uh, spoiler. Um, okay. Issue four. Um, oh, wait. The... Before we go to four, there was something else about three I, I wanted to mention. Okay. And this is, again, why I wish this writer would have written the Leia series. Um, something that they did was when, you know, it was determined that all three of the women were going to be the ones going up, Princess Leia says, okay, and... Bay is going to be in charge. She's going to be flight leader because she's got the most experience. And I remember thinking, huh, that's funny because she would have never, ever done that in the series that was supposed to be her own. The the way they wrote that, she would have been like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be in charge. Let's go and do it. But here, I mean, this actually made sense. You've got more combat experience and knowledge. You be flight leader. We'll do what you say, you know, and I was like, dude, I wish this person would have written her story. And even the queen immediately deferred. Oh, yeah. it's Oh, that's a good idea. Good thinking. We'll do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, without even a, a second thought. So, yeah, it, it's nice to see. Uh, who you imagine are intelligent people making intelligent decisions. Right? Exactly. And it, it, it wasn't a deference to a man character, and Bay in no way is a masculine character. Bay is an in, in charge, capable, and confident female character. So it, it wasn't that the princess and the queen were deferring to masculinity. It was, you know more, you've got more experience, you tell us what to do because we're about to go in a situation we've really not been in very much. Right, right. Or for Queenie over there, at all. At, at all, yeah, really. So, but I just, I really like that because that's that's the kind of, that makes sense writing that really fleshes out a story. Yes. Um, uh, and, and that's, uh, for me, that's, that's particularly poignant because I'm um while I read comic books I also try to read uh prose novels just to break up the monotony and I'm in the midst of one now that I'm really having a difficult time with because the protagonist continues to do dumb things. Yeah, I hate that. And uh, in in order to move the story along. That that's the only reason. And and it just it bugs me because in the type of situation and situations and environments they find themselves in you, you could survive one or two dumb decisions, but they will very quickly catch up to you. Yes, and they, they do in, in real life, dude. Yes. And so it's like suspension of disbelief. but nope. Yeah. See, that's just I can suspend certain disbeliefs much easier than others. Yeah. You know, magic and mm-hmm. uh, uh, laser guns. It's so, okay. But people just doing stupid things I just can't stomach. Exactly. It's like unless – Unless it turns out that a deity was specifically watching over them, Dumbassery does not – no. I, I can't – I just – I can't overlook that. No, it, it is not rewarded. No, it is not. not. No. So, so. I mean I. it's, it's funny. I, I uh, read a, a novel – a series rather, not a novel, but a series and a very popular book series where the protagonist was, you know, uh eh, but he was influenced by his co-protagonist which became his wife later and she, I mean, she made seriously some of the dumbest decisions and it's like I don't I don't even understand how how you still exist. I mean, right? Yeah. Following, following the way you think about these big things, you probably don't make good small decisions. How, how have you not stabbed yourself to death with a spoon? So, yeah, it's, it's really good to see three people who a lot of times, honestly, uh, three characters who some writers will portray as the dummies in the story. Yeah. N- not being anywhere near that. Uh, Not only all three being uh, at at far superior levels than a dummy, but one is even intelligent enough to point out that another is even a higher level in this particular situation in capability. Exactly. They're all type A's, but none of them let their ego get in the way of what was important, which was defending Naboo. Right. The mission. That's right. Mission first. Um opening issue four, we have reports uh, from the rebels as, as a rebel uh, leader meeting that we're listening into. Uh, there are several planets that are thrown out there, which I think are pretty cool. I didn't recognize any of them. I didn't look any of them up to see if they're pulling these from other places. But Right, I, I didn't either. They're thrown out there for further reference, future reference perhaps. But again, the issue is that The Death Star's destruction turned out to be the start, not the finish. Mm -hmm. And so this war that has been going on for however long is just continuing to go on, even to the point that Sergeant Dameron submitted his orders to muster out. Uh, Mm -hmm. By all appearances, they will be accepted. He'll be allowed to, to get out. Bay's commander... Uh, the green leader, green, one, uh, green green squad one, put in the same for her without her knowledge. Yeah, and, and it, well, basically, I'd say against her wishes. Uh, apparently, to some extent, but she doesn't fight it very hard, if you notice. Well, no, I mean she's she's tired too, and and she would have never, of course, and she she says it to Luke later. It it kind of feels like she's abandoning. Uh, the rebellion, but right. mean, they have been fighting for so long, and they've all I, I, they volunteered, obviously, right? Right. Uh, it's my understanding that no one was drafted into the rebellion, so you know they <laughs> they they, des- they decided, well, this isn't right. We want a better life, and, and they only have a child that they haven't seen. Yeah, how long? So I mean, exactly. You know, it's so she's like, oh, it it would it would be bad if I did that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. She and and I can I certainly understand it's it's all she's known for this period of time. Very intensely, all she's known. Oh, very. Yeah. And so, just leaving that would be very, very difficult um, psychologically, emotionally, and and that's what that's what Bay is going through when she's told basically uh, you'll be retiring also. Yeah, exactly. So, in the midst of this conversation, we see an, an R two unit that comes up, draws her attention, and gets her to follow him yeah um, we find out that this r2 unit is actually r2d2 yep because he leads Bay 2 I thought a very cool looking Luke Skywalker yeah he did look pretty cool it, it just yes that is the leader Luke Skywalker that you want to see so and uh, what's really cool is when when you're first introduced to Luke Skywalker in his black cloak with uh, what is that a uh, Imperial. What in the, is in the book you mean? Yeah, what did I say? No, uh, you, you said when you first introduced. Oh, oh comics, yeah, so. no, here here in the comic as as the the character. Um. Well, anyway, you, you've got this very J.J. Abrams-esque like light lines going on on the lights, which I I like. You you remember in the oh lens flare? Well, it's not. It's just... It's not lens flare. It's light lines. Lens flare, trust me, is something completely different. But I liked the effect in the movie. I did think that it was uh, in a specific certain movie. I do think that it was overdone. But I like the fact that they're doing that here. And you've got that very classic – what is that, an Imperial? Like, why? He says it's a Lambda-class shuttle, but it's the same – Shuttle that he used to get off the Death Star. Yes, when he was first introduced, we see Toupe because she was going to destroy him. Right during the battle, she locked onto the shuttle and was going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. But Luke Luke talked her off the edge there and explained who he was and what he was doing. And then that's the that, that's the only time until right now that we've seen him. Actually, this is really the last of the. Uh, New Hope characters That we really haven't seen Yeah Uh, We've seen all the others here and there throughout the story Uh, Even Chewbacca In in one one or two panels there in the story So Luke uh, And C-3PO actually Uh, So Luke is the last of our Original characters that we're familiar With from the movies To show up in this series Just finally tying a bow On how interconnected it all is yeah, I mean, we even saw Lando leading um, the the charge to save uh, right. them at the, the the Battle of Naboo. There, he was he was leading the cavalry, mm-hmm. which of course would be a good a good time for Lando to show up. I sure, mean, if Han can't do it, which he can't because he's a general. Although Lando, I think, is a general too now. So, well, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that that those two are generals, and yet Luke is a commander. He's a commander, yes. Which I guess is higher? I don't know. (laughs) Well, he's not running missions like they are, so... No, he's... He's he's able to do his own thing. Yeah, he's doing independent stuff, so... Yeah, uh, so... uh, um, (laughs) I'm not even sure if the Rebel Alliance really knows where he is at any given time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, I I found something out, I'm going to go do that. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, R2 leads Bay to Luke, who... Says uh, merely that he was after a pilot, but then <clears throat> realizes that Bay was the same pilot that almost blew him out of the sky um, however many months ago at, uh, at the Battle of the Second Death Star. Mm-hmm. So they take off on Luke's private mission. I really don't think the rebels are really aware of this at the time. Um, and I don't either because he's needing to find a pilot. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not assigning him one, so it's, Exactly, yeah. so it's like, mm, okay. Do they even know he was there? Are they going to miss <laughs> the ship? Okay. Uh, they're certainly not going to miss one of their pilots, right, because he was able to do that, so I don't know. Maybe he left some Obviously. kind of um, life model force in her place or something. Force model decoy, uh, that's right. Or life, uh, life, yeah, a force, okay, a force model decoy. Yeah, an FMD. Yep. Yeah. Um, in their talking, uh, as they're flying to Point Unknown, Luke tells Bay that what they're doing is going to infiltrate an Imperial base on Teen or Batine, How you pronounce it. The um, vast majority of issue four is that mission between Luke, uh, with Luke mm-hmm. and, and Bay, uh, and R2D2. Which was a a pretty cool mission. Yeah. uh, Luke is going to retrieve some very um, personal artifacts. He finds that there are more artifacts than what he thought. He went to get an item, Mm -hmm. and he finds out that this Rebel base is kind of a a laboratory, and they have more than one of these items. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he still just wants the one item and ends up gifting the other item, which is a duplicate to the one that he has, um, to Bay. And Levi and I surmise that that plays a part in the movie uh, tonight and perhaps explains something that I have seen that I was curious about, but, you know, whatever they could do, however they want to, to explain it, but... This perhaps would would be a possible explanation. No, it it, it most definitely would. This would this would be a, a very good tie-in. You need to you need to read uh, you need to read this comic series and all of the Star Wars, really. But you really need to read this episode. This episode. This issue. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Or yeah, to to really see what we're talking about because without seeing the movie. They, they they build a really good story as to how things could go down in the in the new movie. They they really right, do. right. yeah. We, we I don't want to say a whole whole lot because I haven't seen the movie. Exactly. So I have no idea what I could possibly say would be a spoiler. So I, I or, don't want to do that at all. Or how wrong we are. It's like oh that has yeah, really nothing to do with it. Well really, you were off base. No, you should see the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you go watch it before you open your mouth? That's a good idea. Plus, too, I'm being very sensitive, because it's my understanding that if I do anything wrong about this movie, I'll lose, like, two-thirds of my friends on Facebook, so... Oh, no, I... I yeah, I'm... Um, mm-hmm. I, I have been warned off, not personally, of course, but... Warned off just many many multiples of times. Oh no, I'm I'm already I'm already getting ready to unfriend people who who <laughs> spoiled the movie for me. Seriously, this is, there there are I, I you know your politics I'll deal with your religion I'll, I'll deal with, uh, but you spoil Star Wars for me and you're gone. No spoiler, you're dead to me. <laughs> All right, this uh, issue and the series ends with Bay uh, and Kess. At their new home, which turns out to be on Yavin Four, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that that is expressly said anywhere in the book. I actually looked that up. Um, and yet another tie-in: you can tell with, that it's you can tell that it's Yavin Four because of the temples of the because uh, of the pyramids. Okay, yeah. um, I believe. Yeah, they're there in the in the very last scene as they're walking yeah. back to their. Uh, Houses, a house, wherever they live. Yeah, but I, I believe those temples were of the original alien race that was called the Sith. Before the Sith Force users adopted that name as who they were, there was an Oh, ex- was that the name of the race? I, okay. There, there was a race, and I believe these were the temples where okay. the original Sith race. Um, I don't know, worshipped or did things, but they were an actual race of beings, okay, that cool. had nothing to do with the force, right? Uh, and so there you go, Yavin Four, uh, uh, yet another tie-in to yep. um, what's that? That's a tie-in to Episode uh, Four, right? I do hope a, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now I was, I was about the only thing that really disappointed me about the story was in this final sequence, they never showed a child. Nope. Uh, and and it was it was as major a motivating force, I think, for what Bay did as, as anything. She was doing it for her family. Right, which includes the son. Right, her- and she only had a family in word. Mm-hmm. We never saw the child even though we were told that the child exists. So right. I, I was kinda disappointed. That would be yet another tie in that they could easily have done, but they didn't. We just see at the end her and Kess, man and wife, that's all we see, their nice new home on as Levi said. I, I wasn't for sure, so I had to look it up, but uh Levi said you said you recognized it immediately as Yavin Four because yeah, of the temples. That yeah, used. that's that's exactly what it looked like to me. Uh, they look like Mayan pyramids to me. So, mm-hmm. um, Okay. And for those of you that are listening to your first episode tonight, um, before we rate the book, I want to ask you to go listen to the other six episodes. There's only six. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> but our rating is a lightsaber rating. Yes. A blue lightsaber is a good series. Yep. We enjoyed it. A red lightsaber is a very sithy or a very bad series yes. We don't we don't like it. Muy mal, muy mal. Speaking of sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Are you go ahead. It was Leia. Yes. And she had a vision. Yes. Was that Darth Maul? Yes. Okay. I thought it was. I was like, "Why are you having a vision of Darth Maul here?"
1: Okay. Um, okay.
0: So I'm, I'm not going to explain that. What I will oh. say – no, hold okay. on. What I will say is, listeners, go to issue <laughs> – let me see if I can catch up here. Uh, they were on Nabu. Yes, right. yes. But so it, it would no, be okay. – like It was issue three. Two or three? Okay. It was issue three when um, the, the queen was opening the sealed uh, chamber that held the – Um, uh, uh, 20-year-old Nabooian? Okay. (laughs) Nabooite? Nabooite. Corsairs. And they're they're the exact same ships that you saw um, uh, little baby Annie uh, flying and shooting up and everything. It's it's the same type of ships. But it, it was sealed off. She opens it up, and Leia feels cold. And... It's almost like, well, go get the issue and you'll see. Okay, when, when we get done recording, you'll have to tell me because I may, maybe I understand, but I, I'm missing something huge here. Okay. So, and, and that's all there is. There's one panel, um, a couple panels where she uh, contends with whatever she feels, and then they move on. So uh, whatever it is is certainly not meant to be a big thing, but, I, again, I guess it's another uh, Easter egg kind of tie-in that they must have done. And short of others that I might have just completely missed, this is really the only one that I saw that I didn't understand, I didn't get. Right. So, uh, so there you go. I, I'm not the Star Wars nerd I thought I was. <laughs> but, okay, red and blue Opinion of the entire four-issue miniseries, Levi, go. Um, Blue, I liked it. I really, um, without seeing the movie, I don't know where the tie-in is or if we're even speculating anywhere in the ballpark about the tie-in. But either way, if we are or if we aren't, the series itself was really good. It showed us, yet again, a different aspect of the universe. And you know I love if a comic especially, but the Star Wars universe can do that, can show me a different aspect behind the scenes, between the scenes, whatever. So I dug it. I concur uh, for every reason you said, and every reason that I was all excitedly talking about it the past hour or so. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, this has been the best Mini series, and this has been the best story behind only what we've talked about for Star Wars and what we've talked about for Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those two long standing are, are really good. But I, I enjoyed this better than Leah, I enjoyed mm-hmm. this better than Lando, I enjoyed this better yeah. than the five issues of Kanan that we've talked about. Oh yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of Kane in the Last Padawan so far. Well, I I think maybe because I catch an uh, an episode of it here and and there, so I'm I'm better able to identify with putting the two together. I right. and maybe maybe that's what I need is to see the uh, animated series, and maybe that will fill in some stuff and make. Kanan more interesting. I, I think it will, and all I all, all I want to say on on that is, Ahsoka and her two white lightsabers rock. Two white lightsabers. Yep, she has nice. white lightsabers, two of them, and reverse grip, dude. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. all right. And she is a badass. I do want to give a uh, an, an Attaboy a nod to Benny? Arndt, A-R-N-D-T, uh, if I butchered that, Benny, I apologize, for liking the Star Wars New Era page on Google Plus this week. Hey. So thank you much, Benny. Uh, we appreciate it. Yep. And it's B-E-N-N-I, Benny, so perhaps I'm mispronouncing that as well. Benai Could be. Um, next up. We will, and uh, th- this is something to uh, to keep in mind as you're perusing the feed. It may be a little while before we do another episode. Probably longer than we have between episodes so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas, New Year's, uh, we've got you know a week and a half to the turn of the year and the turn of the year. So it'll be maybe two ish to three ish weeks before we get another episode out. Yeah. Uh, But when we do, we plan on covering the Chewbacca miniseries because as we record this on Thursday the 17th, on Wednesday the 23rd, Chewbacca issue 5 is supposed to drop, and that's the final issue of the series. So hopefully um, that will – it will come out then, and we will be able to record it, even if not – We'll have maybe another Wednesday or two for it to come out if it's going to be late uh, and us still be able to record Chewbacca 1 through 5, our, our coverage on it. If not, uh, there's plenty of other books we can do. We just really don't know what it would be until we just sit down to record. Mm-hmm. So it's it's Chewbacca 1 through 5 or something else, and we're not sure of what something else is going to be. So hopefully we'll be able to do Chewbacca Alrighty, for those of you that want to send feedback, a variety of ways to do it, bigtimenoisecom Star Wars is the website. The Gmail email address is a new Star Wars era at Gmail. We have Facebook and Google Plus pages for Star Wars The New Era. And if Twitter is your preferred method, Teal T E A L Productions uh, will tweet to us, and Levi. Uh, last episode, you gave out your Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, would you like absolutely. To episode this episode well. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just Levi Moore. Is it or Are is it coming? Levi Limo more Moore? A- anyway, just Levi Moore will find me. And if you'd like to, you know, uh, comment or ask a question or say how horrible we've been. Um, absolutely, uh, tweet me and I'll respond. For some reason, I've become more active on Twitter recently, so you know I will more than likely, if I'm not exercising or doing yoga, get back to you within a minute. So yeah, there you go. Um, I, I would put out a particular request. Um, this is for me. Uh, I don't know how Levi feels about this, so he may he may not want this, but. For anyone that listens to this episode, after having seen episode seven, let me know where this series ties into the movie. I don't need to find out about the movie, although if you get into that, I'm not going to be overly upset. Spoilers don't necessarily bother me. But I I certainly would like to know if anything that we've said is the case in the connecting of this miniseries to the movie without us having seen the movie. I, I don't know about that end of the story, just this end. Mm-hmm. So if any of the feedback is directed that way, um, before I say anything to you, Levi, I'll let you know what it's about so that you can decide. Okay, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't want to know anything about the movie until I watch it. And then, you know, I. I can. I can read whatever anyone wants to say. But I don't, I don't know why, but this particular movie, I I really want to just find out everything that hasn't been shown in trailers that I can personally. So. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I I certainly appreciate that. Do you? Uh, what, do, have you made any plans as to how you're going to see it yet? No, because no? there are more than just me involved in doing so. So. Oh sure sure sure. Um, I. I think uh, Terry and I are talking about perhaps seeing a matinee like maybe Saturday or Sunday. Um, chances are if we don't see it this weekend, we won't see it, which means we'll have to wait until we can get the DVD. Um, and see, that's, that's, I think, what my issue is going to be. Wow. Good luck not being spoiled for that I, I know. Which, that's, which, man. which means I'm, I'm either going to have to just leave society or just try and go like I don't know as, as soon as I can so that it's just I, I gotta pop my head out back out of the sand uh, yeah yeah so. that's uh, because for a movie like this um, you're you're probably waiting two or maybe three months I figure before it hits DVD as big as it's gonna be yeah and and every everything um, from you know y- your your family to the Huffington Post to uh, Uh, The local news is going to have something about that movie, and it's just, no, 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 no. I can't – I don't know how long I can run, dude. (laughs) No doubt. And not see something, you know. Yeah, where can you possibly go and not see? That's – yeah, so I I think I I finally may be motivated enough to just try to see something first release in the theaters. Usually I can wait for the DVD. I I don't care. Well, Uh, my – my my thing is the the other humans that i have to go see it with if if i could like even if if they could just like beam it to my tv i'd still pay the same amount of money just i don't want to go with all the loud humans yeah I, I i was wondering about that um with all the people that are going to see it right now mm mm-hmm. mhm it's like i i hope i hope that everyone that is in that particular viewing with them Is of the same mind they are Yeah, be and, quiet and watch and, the movie and shut up Yeah, everyone can enjoy it Now, this first, first pulse of people The majority should be really hardcore Star Wars fans And so chances of that being what you get in the theater Should be pretty good Yeah uh, But uh, who knows uh, That's Yeah, that's the biggest problem um, nowadays with going to a theater is you don't know what else you're going to run into. and mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right, so uh, that's the end of the episode. I hope everybody that listens to this also enjoyed the movie. Um, I'll try to get this up within the next day or two, but I'm sure that there will be 1.79 million people mm. that have already seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's cool. Uh, Levi, anything else you want to add before we head out, man? Mm. Nope. Nope, just um, enjoy yourself And seriously, if you're listening to this and you have any any questions or any comments or anything Just let us know I mean, he, it, it doesn't matter what it is or, or how mundane or off the wall you think it is uh, Just, you know, shoot it to us We'll um, respond to it And um, most likely, and especially if it's hate mail, include it in the show Oh, absolutely Absolutely, we, we, we can take criticism No, I said hate mail. Criticism, yeah, but hate mail. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hate mail is okay. I'll be like, oh, y'all got to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So until uh, probably early 2016, uh, we'll talk to you guys about Chewbacca then. Catch you later. See you next year. Star Wars The New Era is a Teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license. Music provided by freemusicarchive.org.